we are starting a new series called How to Be a Christian, because there's nothing better that churches don't do anything better than try to tell you how to be uh, a Christian. And so we are actually looking at ways that we can be a Christian, but we're also kind of taking it a little tongue-in-cheek. We take a lot of things in this world really seriously. I hope that we can have a little bit of sigh of relief uh, here at Neighbors and just kind of enjoy ourselves a little bit. But there are some good things about uh, what we're going to be covering here. In the book of James, James was the, uh, the brother of Jesus. And as the church is starting to get started, he actually sent out a letter about how uh, you know, when we, we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit before and how Paul was talking about how it's not your actions, uh, it's, it's your faith that connects us with God. Well, James is talking about that's true, but if you have God in your heart, there's some things that actually start to, uh, you start to change the way that you do things a little bit. And he's, he's writing this letter to try to help encourage people on how to be in this, in this new faith, this new Christianity faith. Uh, we are at a time where... Uh, the biggest uh, faith was um, Judaism, and now Judaism is, is transforming into Christianity. Uh, they're not, at this time, they're not even calling themselves Christians yet. They're calling themselves the way, uh, which I, I kind of think is kind of a cool thing. It's, they just know as the way. Christianity actually came uh, when Paul kind of uh, started with the Greeks and Latins and all that kind of stuff. So uh, the first part of his uh, Thing here. We're going to, in this series, we're going to cover things like endurance, social justice, being rich and poor, having faith, and judging others. The first one is endurance, and boy, is that, I think, timely. We have uh, this from, from James right here. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. There's a couple of things that uh, are really hard for me to, to do. One of them is maturity. Uh, the other one is uh, facing trials, all of that kind of stuff. When we face trials, it's, it's, it never fails. When you go to church, you get, you know, on a good day, you get revived and you think, oh, I love Jesus and this old Christianity thing is so cool and everything like that. And then you get in the parking lot, somebody cuts you off and immediately you forget everything that you learned and you start doing hand gestures and all that kind of stuff and yelling at people. And by the time you get home, you just hate the world again. Uh, and then you got to face Monday and all of this kind of stuff. And it's just, it's just hard sometimes to endure being a Christian because endurance means hanging Hanging with the things that we've learned to be a Christian. It does not mean just, uh, I'm a Christian and I'm going to go out and if people uh, put me down and all that kind of stuff and because of my faith and, and things like that, it really means hanging on to the love your neighbor part, love yourself part, love God part when you go out into the world of crazy. And sometimes it's really hard to hang on to that because we, we go home, we turn on the news, we, we flip through our things here, uh, we, we, we talk to people, we go to the store, and we just see people being mean, bullying, uh, self-righteous. Uh, people are just being, it's hard to go in there and then walk around saying, I, I love my neighbors. I, I love my neighbors. We, we love to love our neighbors when our neighbors are making us comfortable, uh, when, it, when our neighbors are making it easy. It's hard to love our neighbors when our neighbors are being challenging and difficult and uh, cruel at times. 
It's, it's hard to do that. I want to tell you something about when I was a kid. When I was about, a lot of people know this, when I was about 14 years old, by the time that I was 14, I had made a, a mess of my life. I had made a lot of wrong choices, and I had been using uh, drugs. I had been hanging out with the wrong people. And by the time that I was 14, I was uh, in a treatment facility uh, to help get me off of the, the drugs. That went pretty well. And by the time that I got out of treatment, I was told that you can't, you can't hang out with the people that you were hanging out with um, because they've been kind of a bad influence on you. Uh, they have, uh, that's where all the, the, the drugs are. That's where all the bad behavior is. And so they encouraged me to try to find new places to play, new, uh, new hangouts and new people to, to spend my days with. I grew up in a small town. I grew up in, in Waverly, and at the time, uh, I mean, Waverly is bigger than it is now, uh, than it was then. I mean, it's, it was really small. And so uh, when I would get back 14 years old and come back into uh, school and everything like that, I had to kind of readapt to my world. For the first time, I really, really felt like an alien in a strange land. I felt like an outsider. I had changed. Things about me had changed. Uh, I was doing, uh, living my life differently. My behaviors were different, but everything else around me had stayed the same. And so for me to come into this small town and know that the group of people that I hung around with, I couldn't do anymore, it was kind of a lonely feeling. Um, I, I didn't make things better, much better. I was really excited about uh, being uh, off drugs and the new life and everything like that, you know. Uh, and I even wore this jacket that said, hugs, not drugs. I was just really ready to be popular. You know, I mean, boy, are they going to think I'm cool now because once they see that, you know, that I'm ready to hug. Um, and so it was very difficult for me to find people. I began... Uh, instantly known as that guy that went through that thing and people like to talk about me and not to me in this small town. You know how small towns are. And so there was a lot of times when my outlook was challenged. My outlook on life was challenged because I would, I would uh, go to school and everything and I would just feel like I didn't know who I was at that time. I didn't know uh, anything about, uh, you know, I didn't feel popular. I didn't feel like I had a, a close knit of, of people, that, you know. So the days of going to school and living my life in this small town began to be a little bit of a, a trial. It began to be a little bit weary because I was feeling many times uh, quite lonely. And it was very hard for me not to have a, uh, it was hard to have a positive outlook on the day. When you wake up and you go to, to school and, and you're, you're going through the studies and you're trying to kind of re, redefine who you are, and part of that means you're, you're looking to see who you are, you're trying to uh, be, be on the good side of things and all of this stuff, live a different life, but you're doing it alone. It's very lonely. You, you see the people 
It's not like I got to drop the, uh, the old hangout people and then just move away. I was still in school with them. I was still in class with them. I was still seeing them on a daily basis. I just wasn't hanging out with them. I wasn't choosing to hang out with them. And sometimes that was pressure too because uh, some of those folks would run into me in the hallways and sometimes they would say, you really should come back. You really should come out. We're having a party this night, you know, or whatever. You should really come out. And then other ones were saying, we don't want you. We don't like you anymore. You've turned your back on us. We're turning your back. You know, they called me sober boy and all that kind of stuff. You know, it was just, you know, but you really felt drained. You really felt isolated. You really felt alone. Um, I had some teachers that were very, very supportive. But that doesn't help with the popularity either. When you're 14 years old and the only ones that are really wanting to hang out with you are the teachers and you're wearing a hugs not drugs thing on your shirt there. And then when I was 15, I got a job at the local grocery store. First job I ever had. Uh, And it was just a walk down the street. And there was something about that change that changed so much for my life. I started working there, and there was, uh, I didn't know people there. there were, most of the people there were older than I was. They were, uh, most of them were uh, in college age or, or things like that. And there was this, I remember uh, working, I was stocking stuff, and I was off at four, and I was watching the clock, and it was almost four. It had been a long day and a busy day, and I was just, you know, I wanted to be off at four. Um, and the owner came up to me and he said, hey, uh, the guy that comes in your next shift is, is going to be late. And he kind of rolled his eyes and he said, again. Uh, and so can you work just a little bit longer? And I thought, I hate this guy. I don't even know who he is, but I, I really hate him. And so I'm working and all this kind of stuff, stalking and everything. And then in comes this guy about a half hour later. He looked like... Uh, Howdy doody gone bad. I mean, he was just this college guy came in, red hair, and just this smile on his face, and he was just, uh, he was hard not to, you wanted to hate him, but you can't hate, you know, a guy that looks like, like Richie Cunningham. You just can't, you know, uh, and he apologized for being late, and for some reason, the initial conversation, that started up a friendship. He was in college. Uh, I was 15. But I, I was told that I was always an old soul. You know, I, I, that's probably why I, I don't have hair or anything like that. I think I lost it at 12. But um, we started to have this friendship because we both liked uh, the same kind of things. We both liked Looney Tune cartoons, and we both liked Laurel and Hardy. And that was all that we needed. You know, that's all we ever talked about was Looney Tune cartoons and Laurel and Hardy. Uh, and so we had this time where we would work, it, 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 we started to work these shifts together. And as we started to work these shifts together, I found that work was a delight. It was joyful because Kyler is what his name was, Kyler Hayes. He was the funniest person I had ever met. Just by telling his stories of his life, they were hilarious. You ever been around people that just, just by being themselves, they just make you smile and they're funny and they're just, they're, they're dumb and stupid in the stories, you know, and they're, but they're just a delight and you just look forward to being with them every day. And so 
uh, I started hanging out with Kyler on the other, uh, after work as well. He was into uh, bicycling. He was a big uh, bicycle person. Uh, and he would ride his bike from Lincoln, or from uh, Waverly to Lincoln, and then around Lincoln uh, quite a bit and, and come home. And he asked me if I was ever into biking. I, I wasn't, you know. I mean, I spent most of my life, you know, uh, walking the streets and doing drugs and stuff. We don't ride bikes very much. Um, stoners do not really ride bikes. Um, they just sit and giggle and then get the munchies. So that's basically our existence. But I bought a bike. I had my first big purchase with my work money is I bought a bike because Kyler was just so fun and just so fun to be around. When he asked you if you want to go biking with him, you think that's going to be fun too. So I bought this bike and I started to ride with him. And it was, uh, well, at first it really wasn't fun because... Um, he would ride, you know, down uh, Highway 6 to Lincoln, uh, and I would get exhausted down the driveway, you know, and so just getting that momentum going. But again, you just wanted to be with him. And we started a friendship that still exists to this day. He has moved into another state, but every once in a while he'll send me things about either Laurel and Hardy or an embarrassing photo that he's dug up of myself when I was like, 16 or whatever, um, and these, these bike rides, the hours that we worked, the times that we would leave uh, uh, work and either go to, to my house or his and just watch Looney Tunes all night, it changed my outlook on life. It changed who I, uh, who I was. I, it made me see the world in a different way. Rather than being the uh, ex-druggie and wanting to just try to figure out who I was and being scared and lonely and having an outlook that people were not like me or different from me or didn't like me at all, I was now able to realize that I was a person that just loved comedy. I loved to laugh. I liked to bike. I was reinventing who I was. And my outlook on the world was changing. It was, it was fun again. Life was fun again. And I think sometimes, as, as Christians, not, not all of us are, 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 are walking around the earth feeling like we are aliens in a strange land, but there are times when we walk around and we think, what does this world come to? There's a bunch of boobs out there, and they're just acting nuts. We go on the news, and we see all this fighting and stuff. We see people that call themselves Christians just being mean to people. And we ask ourselves, why am I in this? And enduring that is sometimes so tiring. You know, it's funny. I have heard several times in the last couple of weeks, Will and I were just talking about this morning, people coming up to me and just saying, I am so tired of being flooded with negativity, with hatefulness, with dark news, with just such seriousness. And that's what I love about Neighbors. Because we take God very seriously, but we don't take ourselves very seriously. If we did, I mean, we would be a completely different type of church. But who we are can help us to endure and grow in what we believe. I could have felt very negative about the world. I could have felt all of my life isolated, alone, 
I could have woke up every day and had a negative outlook of what that day was going to look like. But something happened that gave me just another focus. That's it. Just a slight turn. We don't have to turn our backs on things that are happening. Sometimes all we have to do is just change that focus. You know, we have like two cameras on our system here. And sometimes uh, we'll be shooting from like this camera and it'll shoot one side and sometimes it'll shoot from this side. And sometimes just that change makes it look completely different. You notice things you didn't notice before. We can do that in our Christian life as well too. We can walk out there and have a preconceived notion that everything is ugly out there. We can walk out there and just think that the world is a stinkhole and that everybody in it stinks. We can walk out there and think that all Christians are just icky. Or we can kind of change that perspective and start looking at the things that remind us of who we are, of remind us that Christianity is not about the ugly and the hatred. Christianity is about the joy. That's why they call it the good news. They don't call it the trial or the, the deprivation or the things that are just going to hate. And the, they call it the good news. And I see good news. If I just look, I see good news. I see, I see people out here. I, I, I see like Gail. I see Julia, who are hilarious. They are funny people. They are a joy to be around. They're older than dirt, but they are a joy to be around. I see people that make a difference. I see a young couple over there, well, sort of young, that are getting married this month. And it's joyful. I get a chance to talk to these guys, and they really enjoy being around each other. Those are things that we can remember. I see Jim, who's wearing, what's your shirt say? Mr. Rogers did not adequately prepare me for the people in my neighborhood. <laughs> and he brought cookies this morning. I see people like Nicole jumping up and saying, I want to do announcements. I see Julan. I got nothing for her. She's just, but I'm, I'm glad you're here. No, I see you with your, your kids. I mean, they're getting older. Seeing when, we, when they first came to this church, every one of them was two feet tall. And now they're like this. You're still two feet tall. I don't know how that happened, but they're like this. I see the Beckners that always give joy. I see people making a difference in this world. I see people that, even though the, the world can be ugly out there, I still see beauty. Beauty in humor. Beauty in friendships. I see people standing up for people. I see people uh, advocating for their neighbors. I see people doing things like an uncomfortable thing of like wearing a mask because they care about their community. I see people that help me endure life. Now, I do have a choice. I can walk out of here and I can have a negative attitude and I can think everybody is stinky. 
and I can go out and I can, you, you put that in your head and then you go out and that's all you'll see, you know? It's like when you buy a new car, you, you buy a, a new Toyota or something, you go outside and you think, wow, everyone has that car because you, you're looking for it now. And you can see that negativity everywhere you go. Or I can remember that this is good news and that I'm part of that good news. And I can go out with the specific intention of looking for good things. The people that show, show what Christianity truly is. The people that show what Christ truly meant when he said, love each other the way that I loved you. And that will give me strength to face the other things. There's no way that I'm not going to be able to just unsee the, the darkness in our world. But I can sure give myself things that give me strength and joy and comfort and know that I'm not alone. And those are the things that help me face the darkness. Sometimes it's just a simple fact of changing your focus just that much. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, sometimes life is hard to endure. Sometimes holding on our, to our faith is hard to endure. Remind us that faith, faith in you is faith in love. Remind us that it is good news. Remind us that we are part of that good news. Help us to laugh again with our neighbors. Help us to, to look uh, not so much always at the negative, but look for some blessings, some positivity, some fun. Help, us, help remind us that Christianity can be fun because love, love is fun. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Anybody know who Abbott and Costello is? Raise your hand if you know who Abbott and Costello. Please raise your hand if you know. You know, I forgot to mention them too. I was raised on, on Abbott and Costello. Uh, I got a, a compliment the, uh, about two weeks ago. And they said, um, you, you were, you, uh, they watched a sermon of, of mine. And they said, you were light. Uh, if I lived in Lincoln... I would definitely be going to your church. Uh, that was from Lou Costello's daughter, uh, Chris Costello. And we're going to be doing a, a phone call with her um, next week uh, that we'll put on the podcast of how uh, things like humor and, and when we surround ourselves with humor, how things like that can give us a better outlook on the world. I hope that you find whatever it is, if it's, if it's not humor, if it's, if it's just, I hope you find the beauty in the world. I hope that you take some time this week to just look for the things that give you strength, that back you up. We need to be there for each other. We do have um, an uphill climb, but they did 2,000 years ago too. The world hasn't changed that much. There was still division. There was still ugliness. There was still fighting. There was still violence. And that's when Jesus said, love, 
Let's remember that.